Well, um, uh, sisters, I consider this gathering today, even though uh, it is just in this locality or in this uh, area, or the Bay Area or Northern California, but I feel in my spirit that the significance of this gathering um, affects something uh, beyond just uh, this meeting and those of you who are gathering here. In fact, in these days, I feel one of the um, key things that the Lord is doing uh, from my perspective, and at least I can speak for this country, the United States, uh, has to do with the sisters. And I do not say this lightly uh, um, or carelessly. I think among the ministering brothers today, uh, among the co-workers, the ministers of the Lord, um, my speaking to sisters or my burden for the sisters um, should not be less than any of the other brothers. Um, and I'm not saying this as a way of uh, boast. I'm not saying as a way of um, um, <clears throat> I'm just speaking this as a fact. And uh, firstly, I actually want to let you know, and some of I have spoken to some of you before, that actually uh, I have prepare 48 lessons for sisters. I want to say this in the outset because today we have only two meetings. Two meetings are just two meetings. Uh, But I have prepared 48 lessons with outlines and ministry excerpts, questions or references, just like what you have in your hands. And my um, not to promote these goods, so to speak. But I am very burdened that to effect a work of recovery of the sisters' position and standing in the church life and their function and service, something so great, something so... uh, critical uh, to the Lord's move today among us. Uh, Just two meetings would not do the job. I actually like to suggest, and if if I may even challenge, not only you sisters, but the brothers, especially the leading brothers in the churches. And not because I did these outlines, but because uh, of the burden and the comprehensiveness of these outlines um, in um, perfecting the sisters, in educating the sisters, uh, in raising up the proper sisters in the Lord's recovery, Um, these outlines or these lessons um, would be very, very useful. So I actually told the brothers before we came down here in our prayer 
that if there would be a way that all the churches, by clusters, by localities, uh, there would be a way for the sisters to get into this series of training, 48 lessons. Uh, I made a bit of a joke with the brothers that in, 19, uh, in 2015 and 16, we began uh, these lessons for elders, you know, for brothers, let's say, for two years. And as you know, we did that, and many of you sisters actually made a certain amount of sacrifice over a two-year period, and I'm deeply thankful for that, to allow your husbands and the brothers to be in that training. My little joke is this, that if we really believe that the sisters, the need for sisters is more than the brothers in the practical church life, maybe by the proportion of two to one, for every one brother, we need two sisters. For the function of a brother, we need a double function from the sisters. If we believe this, then I would say, how come we're not giving the sisters more training and help and merely to the brothers? I actually be- believe and think we need a serious serious change in the way we do things in the church life. And I'm not just saying this to merely honor the sisters or make the sisters feel better about themselves or esteem yourselves higher. No. I say this absolutely with the Lord's interest in view. The Lord is about to move in a great way and in a marvelous way, if I may even use the word, in an unprecedented way, as he must do. And I cannot speak for the whole recovery on the earth, but I can say something about the Lord's recovery in this continent and in this country. And with my my whole heart, I believe that is the case. All the enemies attack, even among, you know, leveled against us, even in these days, is a further proof to me, to me, that, or further confirmation to me, that this is the case. And I also believe that in this new move of the Lord, this, I would even say, work of revival of the Lord in his recovery. The sister's role is huge. Maybe more important, well, not maybe, surely more important than the brothers. And so uh, it is with this kind of a heart and burden that I'm here this morning. I heard that all told including the live stream, you know, we're live streaming this to Fresno and some places that are a little bit far for the sisters to travel. Uh, there would be six to 700 sisters in the Bay Area or Northern California in all who are participating in the fellowship today. 
That is not a small thing. So, uh, brothers, I hope you would take the lead to sponsor uh, these kind of lessons. And so far, you know, this morning we're in lesson 21, 22. We are a little bit, oh, I am a little bit halfway into these lessons. And I, what I do is, whenever there is the opportunity, and I, um, uh, I avail myself of those opportunities to give uh, lessons like this wherever I go. Um, later this year, for sure, <clears throat> the whole Metroplex, Metroplex meaning DFW in Texas, northern Texas, had asked me to be there and according to the brothers, we have up to a thousand sisters, and we want them all together just like this to cover another two lessons. And everywhere I travel, <clears throat> sisters who have gotten wind of these lessons are just coming up to me and say, brother, how can we get a hold of these things? And this is not even just United States. This is actually an international cry. Uh, by all this, I realize that there is a latent need. There is an overdue <clears throat> and deep need among us, and that is to care for the sisters, to perfect the sisters, to help the sisters in the churches to be what they are ordained to be as females, as sisters. And also to come into their God-ordained function as such for the building up of the churches and the building up of the body of Christ. So I know I'm already eating into this, these precious minutes already without even getting into these lessons. But I want to put this within you. Sisters, these are not just some extra sisters' meetings. What we're talking about here, what we're doing here, has direct implication on the Lord's move, on the Lord's interest today. Now, <clears throat> when we come to the matter of the sisters, actually the most the important thing as a foundation, <clears throat> as a basis, um, has to do with the sisters coming to terms, not by tradition, not by man's teaching, but by the divine revelation, the word of God, to understand and to identify with their position, their standing in God's plan, in God's creation, and in God's economy. Now these are great subjects and great things. And the sisters... And God made male and female for a reason. The male has their position, their standing in all of this. 
and the sisters likewise. And for you as sisters to know how to be, how to serve, how to conduct yourself. All the way even how you should carry yourself as sisters, which the Bible talks about. You must first have that vision, that revelation. You must first, by God's mercy, be delivered, delivered from the tradition of man. And especially from the philosophy of this age. From the concepts and the teaching of men. So, in this regard, I'd like to read just three verses to you. And that would be from Second Corinthians chapter 10, 4 through 6. Now, this is a word from the apostle vindicating his apostolic authority. But it is very applicable to what I'm talking about in terms of all of us being obedient to the divine arrangement things in this universe for the accomplishment of the eternal economy of God. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful before God, for the overthrowing of strongholds. As we overthrow reasonings and every high thing rising up against the knowledge of God, and take captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Three verses right here. What is the point? The point is that in order for you as sisters to know how to conduct yourself, how to behave yourself, as I said, and particularly how you should function and serve in the church life, the first thing, the first order of things is the tearing down, the overthrowing, the discarding of reasonings, human reasonings, and human thoughts, things that we pick up in this world, in this society, in our educational system, in the things that are being promoted and pervade all around us. And I don't mean even just these days, but over time in history of mankind. All the things that would be against the knowledge of God, even against God himself. 
the first order is that all these reasonings and concepts and philosophies and thoughts would be taken captive, would be brought unto the obedience of Christ. All these things, in Paul's words, are strongholds. Today, we need the spirit, which is more powerful than the flesh. For as a weapon to overthrow these strongholds, to overthrow such human reasonings. For us to be a person that is subdued and taken captive in our thoughts, in our thinkings, in our concept, totally unto Christ's obedience. And when that obedience is fulfilled, our obedience to God, to God's ordination, to God's knowledge. Then, not only the apostles, but even God himself would have a way to punish all disobediences. Sisters, today, the world, and as we are coming to the end of this age, is filled and saturated with one thing. Make no mistake, and that is rebellion. Rebellion upon rebellion. And not only rebellion, but lawlessness. The end of the age is characterized by simply lawlessness. No law. No law. Not only human law, but especially God's law. The law of God, which is the source of all laws. It is characterized by a rebellion to overthrow all kinds of restrictions. To simply become lawless. And we know why. Because at the root of it, it is God's adversary, Satan, Lucifer, the original and ultimate rebel in this universe against God, who said, I will, seven times. He would replace God. He would directly attack the throne of God. This one took a third of the angels, because he himself was an archangel, Lucifer, to rebel against God, but not only so, he poisoned mankind, which is what caused the fall, so that the men, the sons of men on this earth, would all become children of disobedience in Ephesians. And so today, 
in this universe, there is and not only an enemy, but there is a prime act of that enemy that constitutes the problem, the problem in this universe, and that is this wholesale rebellion against God. To overthrow God's throne and authority in this universe. Right there, right there, sisters, is the problem in the universe today. Now, our burden is that in the church, actually the church of God, you know what is the real church of God? The real church of God is simply a testimony of God's people. Those who are one with God. Those who side with God. The children of God. The people of God. The saints of the Most High. The believers of Christ. Those who have been saved. Those who have been snatched out of the kingdom of darkness. Those who have been removed from that rebellious kingdom to become subjects of the divine kingdom. These ones, these people, they constitute the church. And what is the church? Amongst other things, it is the house of God, it is the body of Christ, it is the wife of Christ, all these things. But I'll tell you one main thing about the church. The church is the kingdom of God. The reality of the church is the kingdom of God. That means this is the place where God rules. This is the place where Christ is the real head. This is the place where the throne, the divine throne, is solidly established. The kingdom of God. And now we know even that was spoiled. That was, that has degraded. Even that has been taken captive. So that even the so-called church today has lost that reality. It has joined the rebellion. The church of God today has been defeated. Made desolate. And become that part of that rebellion. What is the Lord's recovery? The Lord's recovery is to recover that testimony of the kingdom. That there is a group of people who would see these things and would adhere to these things because of revelation. Not by coercion, but by revelation. They see something in this universe about God and his throne. By the way, sisters, God and his throne are inseparable. You cannot find God apart from where he is, and that is the throne. So... There would be a people 
that would be brought back or recovered back to a position, a standing of submission to the throne of God. And amongst them, there would be the reality of the kingdom. And sisters, of course, in particular, based on the word of God, that this divine authority, this ordination of God, is expressed in a certain order. Certain order. Now, this is not an order concocted by me. It is not something that is made by Paul the Apostle. It was not something made by Moses. No. God is the sole source of this order. It's very simple. It is God as the head of Christ. Christ as the head of man. And man as the head of woman. That is not some Middle Eastern tradition. That is not some confusion thing. That is the Bible. The word of God. And so, sisters, for you and brothers, for them, to behave, to function, to serve properly in the recovered church, we have to come to terms with this revelation of God's ordination. This morning, with the remaining time, not much time, we're touching the prayers. Now, I will tell you, there's no higher service in this, amongst the people of God, Old or New Testament, than prayer, than the ministry of prayer. And this morning, with the help of this lesson, we come to further realize that prayer should be the greatest and first function of the sisters. You know what is to pray? Prayer is to touch the throne of the Most High God. The up-to-standard prayer is carried out in the presence of the holiest of all, the mercy seat, where God is, the throne of grace, So, when you pray, you touch the highest authority in this universe. And if you are not right with that authority, you cannot have that kind of prayer. If you are not submissive to that authority, 
your prayer will not avail. Yet today, the greatest need is prayer. So, dear ones, dear sisters, all I can say is I strongly, strongly hope that you can go back to these early lessons. I'll tell you these 48 lessons, the first 24 are on the principles. The second 24 are case studies, patterns, stories of women in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even in our own history of the Lord's recovery. I don't know how to be, what to say to let you see what is in my heart. The Lord only knows. I am just so, so desperately burdened for the sisters in the Lord's recovery, more than the brothers. Sorry, more than the brothers. I am burdened to see the sisters, dear sisters, in the Lord's recovery, rising up. By revelation, and by vision to fulfill their ordained role and function. I'll tell you, sisters, you may not fully understand what I'm saying this morning, but just take what I say. The going on of the church life in the recovery depends very much on you. Too much. I told the brothers yesterday that these days there's some kind of noises, you know, from here, from there, to question our attitude towards the female. Meaning, oh, our poor attitude, our bad attitude towards the sisters. They question even Witness Lee's attitude towards women. Well, all you need is to go read the messages and you'll find out what his attitude is. All my speaking, all my burden for the sisters came from the ministry, not from me, or with the help of the ministry. My study of the ministry of these two men, these two ministers of the age, Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, gave me, put within me, the highest esteem for sisters. So when I hear these kind of 
attack and accusation. I consider this an affront to me. These are spoken by people who don't know what they're talking about. The Lord knows my estimation, my honoring, my treasuring of the sisters. I sometimes feel, why did the Lord make me a sister? You need, to, you need some revelation to say that, you know. <laughs> the greatest, uh, this is Witness Lee talking in the 60s, the greatest function of the sisters is submission. But let me say something more. I will tell you, tell you, in the same token, the greatest function of the church is to submit. Not just the sisters. The brothers. The church. The obedience and submission of God's people is the greatest testimony. This is a spectacle that God will invite the angels, especially the rebellious angels, to take note of. See, here is a people that are counter to everything that is in this universe and in this world and in this age. They are fully submissive to the, in the divine order to God's throne. I, that is a very, very particular concept. That before you do anything, just your submission is a function. And that is the church's function. As the body of the head. You know, my body... You know what is the first function? It's not, it does this, and it does so many things because my head is telling it to do this. Am I right? Right now I'm raising my hand. Who's telling the hand to raise up? The hand? No, my head is telling my hand to do this. So it's not even just what the hand is doing. Those are just the extension. The main thing is this hand is fully under the control of my head. Of me. Do you follow me? And if this hand or this finger would have the slightest disobedience, then I got a problem. A big problem. I want the hand to turn to do this, but my finger will say, I'll do this. Then, you follow me? The first function of the church as the expression of Christ is... Obedience is submission, a total one at that. And sisters, and this applies not just to the sisters, the brothers, all the saints of God, all the churches, that strikes fear in the devil's heart. When there is submission, 
there's victory as far as God is concerned. That is not a defeated church. That is an overcoming church. And now, sisters, I want to say something to you in particular. Yes, in Christ, there's no male and no female. In Christ. That is true. In the new creation. By the way, in in God's family, although it says his sons and daughters, but strictly speaking, Christ has no sisters. You follow me? We're all brothers. You are just the sister brothers. I'm a brother brother, but or I'm a man brother, you're a woman brother, whatever it is, God, Christ Jesus has only brethren. And you're all brothers. So in Christ, there's no male and female. That is the word of God. In the new man. But, but, in practicality, in function, in service, in testimony, in expression, there is a difference. Otherwise, God would not make a male and a female. Now, this morning, I like to give glory to the sisters. And I follow the Apostle Paul. He says, the women is the glory of the man. The female is the glory of the male. That means the female is the expression of the male, much like the male is the expression of Christ. And you know, what is that glory? Or what brings about that glory? Or that expression? That beauteous expression of the church to Christ? It's in her submission. That's the adornment. That's the beauty. Nothing is more pretty in a female than true and genuine submission. Oh, you say, now it's coming. The sexist attitude. The male domination. But the patriarchy. The patriarchal oppression. Dear sisters, I gave you some verses already. I hope you would erase all these things and overthrow all these things as human reasonings. I am not denying there are a lot of bad things that happen in that way. I'm not denying that. Sorry of male oppression, of misogyny, the hatred of women. These things happen. And we're not for that. That's terrible. It says, Paul says, husband, love your wives, not beat your wives. Love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. If the husband does not love the wives, that husband is not worthy of submission. 
You understand what I'm saying. I'm not teaching you sisters to behave, you know what I mean, in, in a wrong way. Please understand me, okay? I'm not giving you license to go do something to your husband. <laughs> but I must admit they are poor husbands. Yes. There's abuses, this and that. Yes. But this morning, let's put that aside. Let's come to the word of God. All right. You see, now I don't know even how much I will talk about prayer. Are you, are you with me? Sisters, I'm not wasting your time here. There needs to be a restoration. If in the Lord's recovery, God will do a new thing in the churches, have a revival, it has to begin here. And sisters, you have a marvelous, glorious, beautiful role to play. And this will strike fear in the devil's heart. And the evil spirits and all the demons, you will strike fear, not by doing anything to start with. There are a lot of functions of the sisters, too much. But I start here. The first thing is your submission. And I like to say this. This is from 1968, right? Brother Lee's word back in L.A. Before he spoke a lot more concerning the sisters. Sisters, this is a word to men as well. To be submissive requires these things. Listen, very, very helpful. The supply of life. This is not coercion. This is not putting you in your place. Dear saints, a sign of life is submission. I would dare say the first sign of life is submission, even for the brothers. It requires the enjoyment of grace. If you don't enjoy grace, you cannot submit to anything and anybody. And then, thirdly, it requires the working of the cross. No cross, no brokenness, no submission. I'll tell you, sooner or later, all children of God have to come to terms with this. And that is to know authority. And authority really means Authority can only be truly acknowledged when one is broken. So brokenness really means you now begin to know authority, including the hand of God. Fourthly, it requires the denial of the self. All these lessons of life has to do with submission. So none of us really can be submissive by ourselves, no way, by our natural life. We need the Lord to do such a work in all of us in order to be 
truly submissive. And when there is submissiveness in the church life, and I would say particularly demonstrated or expressed by the dear sisters, I tell you, that church life is God's testimony. That church life will be strong and prevailing. That church life will bring about grace, life, blessing. Now, this morning, I'll just use 15 more minutes because we're going to have a break to talk about this prayer, and you can forget about the outline, all right? I'm not going to read every line like in the trainings and conferences. I think I can just speak to you, and you can go back and study these things together. Actually, I like to give you the assignment. After today, go back with one or two sisters, two or three, to get into these things. Are you still with me? You know, I know it's hard to hear some of the things I just spoke. It's harder for me to speak them. It's harder for me to speak them because I'm a student of the culture on the world today, U.S. for sure. I understand the sensitivity. I understand all the things that are going on. But what can I do as a minister, faithful minister of the Lord, but to speak the truth? I hope you have the grace to receive these things. Sisters, you see, it's just my burden. We're at a very critical juncture right now. In, on the earth, in the world situation, and surely in the Lord's recovery. Brother Lee has left us now for 22 years, and the recovery is still going on, thank him, in a wonderful way. But we are burdened in our heart that the Lord's recovery will continue to advance, progress, and go higher and stronger. For his name's sake. And a great part of this, at least for me, has to do with the sisters. Has to do with the sisters. It must be the sisters. We're also looking at a situation where an older generation of sisters, I would say not even just 50s, maybe even 60s and older, are aging. Many of them are slowly passing on, and actually many have actually passed away. I wouldn't say all of those sisters, but... Thankfully and gratefully, 
good number in that generation of sisters had pioneered, if you will, the ways of a godly woman, of a spiritual female. Functioning in a way that is simply, simply what? Indispensable in the church. They care for the elders. They care for the saints. They care for the young people. They care for the children. They love the Lord first and best, like Mary the Magdalene. They gave their whole lives to the Lord's recovery. They gave of their possessions money for the Lord's interest. They pray behind the scenes. What patterns, what grace, what beauty, and what glory. I'm looking at a new generation of sisters, starting with the millennials, millennials, 40 and under. Coming up, coming up. And what is in my heart, sisters? is these, this new generation of sisters would replace the first generation to live in the same way. To this younger generation, whom I have the most burden for, I implore, I plead, I beseech by his abundant mercies that you would aspire to this sisterhood, to this reality. And I fully believe that you can. A lot is at stake. Now, just little time. Besides living in this reality of submissiveness, I would say today the first thing that is needed in the local churches are 
sisters to take the lead in the matter of prayer. Yes, the brothers need to pray. You go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, first of all, the church has to pray. For those in power, you remember that? For the gospel, because the Savior God desires all men to be saved, to come to the full knowledge of the truth. That was the first of all service of the church of God. But immediately after that, in talking about the church life, in the same chapter, Paul turned to men, not women, turned to men. I would that men cease reasonings and wrath, but raising up their holy hands everywhere to pray. Ephesians 6 talk about praying at every time. 1 Timothy 2 talk about, referring to the brothers, praying it every place. That means every place and every time, time and space, prayer is number one. But only one verse is ascribed to the brothers in this matter of prayer. After that, it talks about the sisters for the rest of that chapter. Likewise, sisters, it says. It talks about the adornment of the sisters, the apostle. It's about, talk about how they should be, etc., etc. And in other parts of Timothy, a lot is spoken about the sisters. Well, well, Here in this outline, our brother Hughes, uh, Acts 12, when Peter, you know, came, was rescued from the prison, he was, he went to one of the houses, one of the homes, and that home is the home of Mary. Am I right? I think I... That, that's what happened, right? And there, the saints were praying. So, Peter went to the home of a sister. And this story, uh, brotherly used, to make the point, to illustrate that the sisters should take the lead in the matter of prayer. I think one of the things that has been a bit lost um, and weakened over the decades is exactly this. That is the sisters not quite fulfilling this function. The brothers are on the front lines. They need to do their thing, so forth. But the sisters 
has a greater work to do of supporting the work of God behind the scenes, hiddenly. And that is to pray. I love very much that in this 1968 speaking, Brother Lee make reference to one particular sister. Her name is Ruth Lee. There are several prominent sisters in Watchman Nee's life that made Watchman Nee Watchman Nee, by the way. One is Doris Yu, the one responsible for his salvation. Another one is Sister M.E. Barber, Margaret Elizabeth Barber, responsible for Watchman Nee's knowledge of life, to know the inner life. Then there would be two other sisters. One is Ruth Lee, who was with Brother Nee from the very beginning and became eventually the editor of all of Brother Nee's messages in the Shanghai Gospel Book Room. And the last one, her name is Peace Wang. And especially Brother Lee talked about Ruth Lee in 1968. He was so impressed when he first, in 1931, invited to Shanghai from northern China by Brother Nee to live there and join the work there. That in the church meeting in Shanghai, the sisters at that time did not say much. They, they, they're not very vocal, you know, in those days. But when it comes to prayer, he said, he observed the sisters carry the prayer of the church in various meetings. I'm sure including the prayer meeting. Their presence and their prayer gave the church the weight, the life. the livingness, and particularly, prominently, Sister Ruth Lee. Now, I don't know this sister. Um, I know her only by reading Watchman Nee, because in Chinese, if you read Watchman Nee, that is actually Ruth Lee. She edited all of that. You know, I grew up reading Watchman Nee in Chinese. You know, if you don't read Chinese, you just read English, you don't get that flavor. There's a flavor. I would say it's a Ruth Lee flavor of Watchman Nee. A feminine flavor. Yeah? Of Watchman Nee. It's very sweet. Uh, you, you, you have to know the language to appreciate that. But my point is, besides being a helper to Brother Nee in the literature work and, and all of this. She was a prayer. That I was not so clear until I heard that message. She was a prayer. And 
Many sisters learn of her and follow her to be like this. I somewhat believe she established this beautiful tradition among us in the recovery in through many, many decades of a praying one as a sister. The more recent one is wife of Brother Witness Lee. Her name is Priscilla, Priscilla Lee. She passed away a few years back. She is like that. You know, all these sisters have tremendous capacity, very capable. I mean, you don't become Watchman's editor if you're not capable, you know. Smart. Look, if Watchman's had poor attitude towards women, you think Watchman's would surround himself with sisters? No way. But this sister mainly prayed. And Sister Lee, we know in Anaheim, decades on with a group of sisters. Every week they come to the meeting hall in some morning or mornings to do nothing but pray. You would not know about it if you don't know that they, had, they were doing that. I just want to be simple this morning on this matter. I hope to see in the church life in the Northern California there would be a recovery of such prayer by the sisters. And I would say not only the older sisters, I like to see younger sisters. Those are the sisters, and there are others. It's not just Sister Beth, others of that generation that have passed on. You don't know how much they meant to the ministry of Brother Lee, to the elders of the church where she was. We actually spent a lot of time, firstly in L.A., and then in this place called Huntington Beach, where Sister Beth was. That's where she passed away. I hope the leading brothers everywhere, you would catch the burden first. Because if you don't care about this, the sisters, it's hard for them to serve in this way. That the church would support and I use this word in quotes, sponsor, cover the sister's prayer in the church. That there would be a group of sisters, maybe not all because some sisters work, you know, they have things to do. I'm talking about some way for a group of sisters to come together in the mornings or sometime, not for tea, not to chit-chat, not to gossip, none of that. Not even just to socialize, because it can quickly turn into those kind of things. But no, you come together according to even some prayer of the church. The church usually has certain burdens. You just pray for an hour. 
then you go home. Some sisters by rotation took, can take care of kids. That's how things are done. So that more can join this prayer. Just one hour, you can go home. And I've seen those prayers. They pray for the elders. Oh, the elders need so much prayer. Instead of criticizing the elders, saying they're lousy or whatever, they pray for the elders. And the elders desperately need the sisters' prayer. And they pray for the church. They pray for situations that they knew about. They hear things because, you know, in the church we hear things, but they go around and talk and then analyze and, and, and chatter. They turn everything to prayer. They bring everything to the throne. My, I tell you, sisters by nature, by the, God's creation, are empathetic more than men. They are more, and I would say not just emotional, but I say they express their emotions better than men. And God is very emotional. They are fine in nature than the roughness, you know, compared to the roughness of the brothers. They are thorough. You know, I just say, blah, 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 praise the Lord. Everything is done. Prayer is over. Praise begun. That's the brothers. But the sisters, oftentimes, like that woman, that widow, praying to this unrighteous judge in the Lord's parable, would not let this thing go. It bothers that judge so much. She just, he just couldn't get rid of this lady. She said, okay, okay, I will give you what you want. Get away from me. <laughs> Only the sisters can pray such bothering prayers to the Lord. Even Jesus would be so bothered by you, she will, he had to answer your prayer just to get rid of you. That, that, that was the parable. That is the moral of that parable. The, the, the desperate, uh, uh, ceaseless, um, um, a petition to avenge her for this unrighteous judge. The, I mean, the Lord would even liken himself to be unrighteous. Sisters can pray this prayer. Men cannot pray this prayer so well. Oh, sisters, I, I just don't know what to say. I, I just wish I can rip out my heart so we can look at it. I, this is more critical than me giving a message. This is even a higher ministry than prophesying, the ministry of prayer. Brothers need to pray, but sisters, you have a particular role, an irreplaceable role, that means if you don't pray in this way, no one else would. I hope there is a culture amongst us, reestablished, restored, that even, listen, I would even like to see even some sisters who are even in college who have such pattern, who would even aspire. And talking about some of the sisters my wife's age, there's some of you who are of that age. 
You learn to pray this way even when you're in college. That doesn't mean you're so mature, you're so... No, but you grew up fostered by such patterns. Sisters, the rest of this outline you can just read. And I have you sing this prayer that I don't know even whether you have sung it ever before in meetings. 793. It has a star that means it's written by Witness Lee, but we seldom sing it. I like to see in the Lord's recovery the sisters, they're not taking over, they're not becoming men, they're not doing anything like this. They They take their stand, their position. Yet, they are powerful. They are in power, surely. <laughs> in prayer. And so much of the Lord's work depends on prayer. So much of what men cannot do, that only the Lord can do, and it, the Lord won't do it and couldn't do it until, unless... There's some of us, especially the sisters, cooperating with the throne to labor in prayer. And I will tell you, these sisters, the more, listen, the more you pray, the more you know how to pray. And the more you pray, listen to me. The more you pray, the more your spirit will be a very, very living spirit. Very, very spiritual spirit, if there's such a thing. Very, very what? Strong spirit. Very, very weighty spirit. And so much so that even such sisters... When they sit in the meetings, they may not be in the first row. They may be in the second row, third row, whatever. It doesn't matter. Even just their presence with their spirit adds to the meeting. There's the weight there. And when they open their mouth in the meetings, when there's the opportunity, my, the moment they open their mouth, they add weight. They add substance. They add riches to the meetings of the church. And I would like to say one more thing. The more you pray, the more you become a person of discernment. Prayer makes your spirit strong and sensitive. And that sensitivity of the spirit, that has to do with what? Your conscience, that has to do with your intuition, that has to do with the fellowship functions of your spirit, they come alive. They become just strong. You become a very discerning person. That what others do not sense, you sense. This is Ruth Lee. He would be sitting there and he sends the brothers who are speaking in the message have come to a little uh, obstacle, a little crisis moment. And she 
notice that. Nobody noticed. She senses that. And she would right away pray for that brother. And she testified that oftentimes, within a minute, the brother got through because of the prayer. This is not hocus pocus, okay? This is not some, you know, weird stuff. This is real. This is how, sisters, you serve. You even serve the ministers of the word. How much they need to pray. Sisters, I will tell you this morning as a small minister, as a small servant of the Lord, increasingly as I serve, increasingly as the sphere of my service grows, I am more and more aware inwardly of the praying the saints who are praying. And I believe the larger number of that contingent are sisters praying for me. I know it. Inside, inside. For the prayer will turn out to your salvation, right? That prayer of the sisters in precisely the right moment, the right situation, that prayer was heard and came through. Answered by the Lord. The brothers can make decisions and set certain direction. But without the sister's prayer to motivate the throne at the incense altar, nothing will happen. The sisters can, brothers can make wonderful decisions all day long, but this train won't move. This car won't move, this plane won't fly without the prayer to give birth to these things. These initiatives are burdens. The gospel, the campuses. Oh, everything, sisters, everything. Okay, I better stop here. I'm over my time. The next, the next meeting starts at 12. Huh? Okay? Are, are you okay, sisters? Are you with me? I'm afraid to lose you. Um, then, uh, uh, give me two more minutes on prayer. On prayer. Okay, firstly, I'd like to see a group of sisters come together in a regular way. Once a week or twice. I, I, I don't know. It depends on your situation and the brothers. The next thing I would like to propose is sisters with a partner. Just one sister that you know, that you're built up with, that you're close to. On the phone. What about on the phone? You pray. Now, now, don't belittle this prayer. Matthew 18. Whenever two or three, listen, two or three gather together, there am I in the midst. And then it says, whenever two would agree on the earth in harmony, symphonic harmony, Whatever they bind on the earth will have been bound in the heavens. Same thing with losing. 
So all it takes is just two sisters in harmony, one with the throne, agreeing about something. It could be about a saint. It could be about a situation. It could be about a need. I tell you, heaven will respond. Just two of you. Sisters, I hope the church will not be a place of gossip, of loose talk, of idle speeches, and of unuseful conversations. The less, the better. These things usually spread death. I don't mean you don't fellowship. I don't mean you don't talk about certain situations. You need to. But may all this fellowship consummate in prayer. Because you are a praying person. You know the only way you can help is by prayer. And out of that prayer, the Lord will send you. The Lord will burden you into many things in the church that you can serve in, in caring for the saints, which is what we will cover in the second session. All right, dear sisters, I will stop here.